everybody. Welcome back to Scoops Podcast. Here with Miss Post and Mr. Thomas. Good to have Miss Post back this week. Yes, glad to be back. How was your week off last week, Miss Post? It was good. We missed Needed you. Some rest. Needed some extra rest. Uh, could be a nice little a rambling episode here this week. I think last week Mr. T did a pretty good job covering a wide variety of topics with Carlson leaving, Aaron Rodgers of the Jets, uh, Joe Biden, just being Joe Biden. Um, but first we're going to start today by reviewing the movie Air. Uh, fantastic movie. Certainly a 10 out of 10. We were all school yesterday, so I got a little, see a little matinee with Miss Post early, after, early afternoon, early evening matinee. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome movie. It's all about uh, how Nike landed Michael Jordan and the rest is history. Uh, Miss Post, what are your thoughts on it? It was a great movie. I, I thought it thought it was inspirational, Amen. Com- comical, and you know, interesting. Kept you intrigued. Excellent cast. You had Viola Davis as uh, MJ's mom. You had Matt Damon as Sonny Vaccaro, Nike's executive. Uh, ben Affleck as Phil Knight, Nike CEO, and of course Ben Affleck, flaming lib, but on the screen, you know, he's fine. You had Chris Tucker as uh, Howard White, big time Nike executive at that time. You had uh, uh, Jason Bateman as another Nike Nike employee. So it was an awesome cast. Uh, Dr. Scholl, need to see it. Brian, go see it. Uh, it is rated R for cursing, but really that's it. No drug, no, no drug use, no sex, nothing, just cursing. A lot of F-bombs. Um, basically, though, yeah, it, it, it charts summer 1984. Michael Jordan drafted by the Bulls third overall. Nike's kind of a fledgling basketball company at that point. They're, they're known for their running shoes. And they're almost a billion-dollar company then, but you know, not for basketball. It's Adidas and Converse at that time. Um, the, the, Sonny Vaccaro leads them to make a push for MJ. He wants to go all in on him. They're like, no, we, we, we can't do that. You know, Magic, John does, Magic Johnson doesn't even have his own shoe. You know, we can't take a risk on a rookie, plus he wants Adidas. So they fight for him and uh, ultimately end up, end up signing him. And not only that, but MJ, allegedly MJ's mom, but MJ's camp represented or, or demanded that he gets a cut of every shoe that, that was sold. Made, made, made anything with his name on it, he gets a cut up, and that was unprecedented at the time. And so Nike, they did give into that. It's funny because at the end of the movie, Phil Knight was saying like he was worried about the precedent that would set for other athletes, and he's like, "Well, you know, what's the most we can make off that three million? You know, assuming it won't be that big." And it made one hundred and sixty-two million dollars. The first Air Jordans, one hundred sixty-two million dollars in MJ's rookie year. Think about that. At the end, it said Jordan Brand is worth $4 billion annually. MJ gets $400 million of that, give or take, as, as passive income. At the end, of course, it also said that Jordan became the greatest basketball player of all time. Mr. T just loved it the whole time, obviously. Great soundtrack, 80s music soundtrack. I mean, it was just sick. Talk about Jordan's rise, the way they hype up Jordan. It's also amazing how they play Jordan because you never see his full-on face. It only shows like the side of the back of him. He's very elusive. It was just sick. Best movie I've seen in a long time. 10 out of 10. Recom- highly recommend going to see it. Phil, go to see it. Anybody listening to this podcast, Andrew, go see it. Steve, got to go see it for sure. Uh, I'll watch Kenna for you. It was sick, though. Just sick. Uh, so, I, you know, no LeBron and Steph praise in, in this pod. I'm mean, beefing with, with Wally and some of my boys uh, about, uh, you know, NBA and Steph Curry and LeBron. But I've been seeing that all about MJ again, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's the thing. Obviously, no one knew what MJ would become, but for Nike, good, good thing they bet on him. Good thing they trusted Vaccaro to go all in on one guy and not a couple guys. That was, that was a great, great draft class. 
but they picked the right guy to go all in on, that's for sure. Ironically, Nike ended up buying Converse in 2003. Adidas is a pretty quality brand, I mean, in terms of, of, of market share, but I, as a Nike guy, I certainly call them poverty, but obviously they're still relevant in today's day and age. They're not bought out like Converse was. Um, but anyway. 2003? Converse bought out is what it said, yeah. Really? Google it right now. Okay. I thought it was but it was, again, 10 out of 10. I highly recommend it. And he, obviously, this is about MJ, but the, 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 the coolest part is just, like, how Nike was not Nike at that time. You know, before they became woke, before they became so dominant in terms of basketball and athletic wear. You know, it, it's hard to imagine that. But, you know, they were on the brink of shutting down their basketball division before they got MJ. So, You're right. certainly, exactly. uh, certainly a, great, a great investment and just the rest is history. I'm sorry, what was that, Miss Post? Never mind. I was right. Indeed. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, not too much to get into tonight, though. Uh, NFL draft is over. I thought, you know, kind of when I was expecting my boy CJ Stroud went to Houston. I thought that was, uh, that was a great pick by them. Colts took Richardson. I think it's risky, but I don't think they, they had a choice. I mean, they need a quarterback. Will Levis, I don't think, will be the guy. Richardson's very, he has very high upside. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, you know, the draft, you never really know what's going to happen. Obviously, it's, it's, it's very, um, it's a shot in the dark. Lions, decent draft for, for Dr. Scholl. Uh, Jameer Giz, pick 12. Interesting. Uh, you know, possibly a reach. I like the safety they got in round two. Brian Branch from Bama. I think that's a very good pick. Uh, we'll see, though. I'm certainly off the Lions. But I, I was thinking about this. Even though I'm off the Lions, division's wide open. Certainly don't trust the Vikings. Packers should take a step back. At least people think they will. Bears. Bears. I mean, come on. So Lions could be the favorites, but it's hard to win with expectations. I know Dr. Shaw's holding his breath. Allegedly, he'll be free to watch week one next year. He's going on a trip allegedly Labor Day weekend again, of course. Six, I think he said it's six years in a row he's busy on Labor Day weekend. Come on, man. Six years in a row. What are you doing? I'll give him 2020 because hardly any teams were playing then. But come on, man. This supposed talk to him. Talk to him. Speak directly to the man. <laughs> Phil would never do that. Anyway, we love you, Dr. Scholl. Uh, one thing I want to address, uh, Dr. Scholl pointed out that, you know, we, we mentioned the plan that has Republicans passed last week, uh, 1% growth in that, in that non, uh, or in that discretionary spending, which is below inflation. But you know what? First off, it, it'll be negotiated on more if it did, if it did sign into law. But I think, I think that's fine. I mean, certainly, now obviously it is, it is a technical pay cut, certainly inflation at 5%. So 1% increase is less money than there it is less money than before because of inflation but i think that's fine i have no problem with that now will it pass maybe not but i still think it's politically popular to limit spending you might have to work on the growth maybe make it two percent or so but certainly cutting spending back to pre-pandemic levels is something that's politically popular and i think the bare minimum that, that, that they can do there's no reason people should be able to work when they're healthy and don't have any kids and or have older kids or whatever you want to say certainly the the emergency emergency um declarations that allow more people to receive food stamps without working should be lifted and finally is being lifted. And there's no reason you can't go back to the 90s of reducing who's on welfare and making it harder and make people look, look for work. So even though it is less money with inflation each year based on the proposed budget, I'm fine with that. And I still think it's, it's politically popular because of the going back to pre-pandemic spending and hopefully incentivize them to get inflation under control. I mean, that's, the, that's another negative about inflation is Social Security retirees need increased benefits. Government workers need increased money. I mean, everything is affected by that. And that's our boy Biden again, going back to that. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little about Democrats' favorite word again today, insurrection. So 
I actually did not mention this last week, surprisingly, but we had, we've had several different issues over the last couple months. Back in April, we had the quote-unquote Tennessee Three expelled from the Tennessee House for disrupting uh, the uh, House proceedings. There was a, a protest inside the Capitol. Three lawmakers led the protest from the House floor. Tennessee GOP led the um, vote to expel three members. Two, of course, were black that were expelled. One missed the expulsion by one vote. Of course, now they're all celebrities. They're freedom fighters. They're basically like the people that boycotted the buses in Montgomery in the 1950s. Um, but we'll get into that. And then we also have the, the Montana transgender. So he is a man, I believe, that's identifying as a woman. Okay. Um, but he basically said that you have blood on your hands if you pass these anti-trans bills, alleged anti-trans bills. And so then the Montana House uh, censured him. And there was some people later rallied in the state house and got arrested because they were like on the house floor or whatever. But uh, the Montana House prevented this person from speaking, the, the elected representative from speaking because of the comments he made about they have blood on their hands or whatever. House member ended up suing him and, and thus far has lost the uh, lawsuit because the judge said we're not going to overstep what the what the uh, legislatures that voted on. They voted to uh, silence you. They voted to silence you. That's it. So good for that judge. We'll get into some of that in terms of why it's not an insurrection when Democrats do it, but it is when Republicans do it, et cetera, et cetera. But let's get into it first. So we've been on the record very many times on this show, and I'm sure in, in person off the record as well. January 6th, not an insurrection at all. Dr. Shaw doesn't really care if they call it that. That's fine. I, it certainly bothers me greatly when they call it that. It bothers me greatly. I was talking to a great man uh, uh, from my house of worship, Jacob, recently. We were talking about a little bit of Dr. Shaw, a little bit of Tucker Carlson. But I told him that, you know, January 6th is almost the new COVID in terms of my level of animosity towards the coverage of it and things like that. COVID's been off the, uh, out of the news for a couple of years now, obviously, basically, or a year or so. Um, and so I, I, it's, it wouldn't take much to rekindle my anger. But thus far, it's it's you know been very minimal. So I'm back to uh, other things. One of which, of course, is January 6th and the insurrection talk and all that. But I've never said January 6th insurrection. I never will say it's an insurrection. Okay, if you look at the definition of insurrection, it's an armed uprising aimed to overthrow the government. Has to be put down by government authorities. None of which happened. Okay, it wasn't really armed. I wouldn't call it an uprising. It wasn't really an attempt to overthrow the government. Again. Mis, certainly misguided individuals, but they, in their mind, they were defending the government and what it should have been, what they thought it was, okay, and certainly not squashed by by the armed services of the United States, okay. That's number one. Number two, not one person, not one has been charged with insurrection since January 6, 2021 from the Capitol riot. Not one. How could somebody call it insurrection when uh, no one's been charged with it? Not one. That's number two. Number three, these same people who want to charge Trump with, you know, inciting insurrection, everyone in charge him with, okay? These are the same people that no one either asked or they refused to answer. If this was planned in advance and known, then why wasn't there more security? Again, if you're that concerned about this happening, again, if this was like 9-11 in Pearl Harbor, then why is no one asking and finding out why there was not more security there and why officers were allegedly letting rioters go into the Capitol? And that's an important question. I'm curious about that too. What was going on? This was something that's planned by Donald Trump, the president. He's threatening democracy on his own. He's overturning the government, but yet no one wants to know why there wasn't enough security there in the first place, if, there was, if it was known. And that, that, this isn't necessarily about an insurrection, but this is along the same lines I've said this many times before. If, if democracy was truly under threat that day, then how, was, then how was Trump so misguided? 
right? And, and now, just because it wasn't on the threat doesn't mean Trump was on the right. His rhetoric was his rhetoric was dangerous. Shouldn't have said it. Way too got way too carried away. He listened to way too much bad advice from Sidney Powell and the likes. I just read a book about it called Betrayed. Much better than or betrayal. Much better than the um, I forget what it's called. The, the, the slappy book I recommended a few weeks ago. I can't think of it now anyway, but much better than the previous book recommended on here. But still very biased, obviously, in terms of the pro-COVID lockdown states and pro-Biden and, and, and pro-insurrection talk. But in any event, Trump was wrong, okay? But you can't say in one breath that his theories were so out there and, 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 and uh, democracy was so close to folding, but then also say that Trump was... I'm sorry, you can't say in one breath that democracy was hanging on by a thread and we were so close to losing our republic... But then the other breasts say that Trump's legal theories were so whack and, and there was he was baseless and there was no chance this could happen, all this. Both things can't be true, right? Again, it doesn't make it right the way he did that, but it can't be true that democracy hung in the balance while also Mike Pence had ceremonial power or that there was nothing anybody could do about that, which I agree. There, there was nothing because the Constitution lays out the steps and there's, there was nothing that could be done once the state sent in their electors as they should have, Okay. So again, that's why I don't buy that democracy was under threat. And not only that, but we're just going to think that we're going to let Pence just not approve the uh, counting and that's it. Trump stays in office. Come on, give me a break. Not that it's good that it has to come to the courts or someone removing Trump from office or whatever you want to say. But people act like there was nothing that could have been done to stop Trump if, if Pence decided to take that stand. Just like how even though even though literally courts all across the country overruled Trump for two straight months. And again, that's the whole point as well. That's why I don't buy the fact that democracy hung in the balance and, and, and was hanging by a thread. Because, yes, it, 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 it takes a few rogue actors to overturn democracy. But the system helped. The system really did what it's supposed to do from someone trying to overthrow it. Okay? The judges did their job. The states did their job. Members of Congress enough did their job. The vice president did his job. That's what you're looking for. Right? Again, certainly not something you want, that you're proud about. Not something that that um, should be taken lightly, but to act like it was a it, democracy was hanging by a thread and we were so close to becoming communist China or, or losing our freedoms, I mean, come on, give me a break, okay? And, and in fact, the system holding proves the strength of our democracy, okay? But I'll take a little break here, Ms. Pills, any thoughts on that? No. Do you, do you feel like uh, you re relive January 6th every day of the year <laughs> like Democrats do? You don't, you don't do that? No. Why not? Because I'm not a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, we had, see, that's a funny story. We just saw a play at Miss Post School tonight called Annie. Uh, so Annie, of course, famous orphan. But FDR is the president then, and the man Warbucks, who kind of takes Annie in, was making jokes about, even though he's a Democrat, I'll work with him. That was awesome. That was awesome, Miss Post. Did you enjoy that as well? Of course. Yes, yes. Uh, great acting tonight. Shout out to uh, Miss Post School. They did a great job. Um, I suppose, do you care to make the revelation about your viewing habits to the viewers, listeners, I mean? My, no. I won't say her either. Okay, thank you. Anyway, uh, back to the insurrection talk. So with all that being said, again, certainly not an insurrection. I never call it an insurrection. I can't stand when I see the word insurrection on there. It makes the word lose all meaning, but that's fine. Whatever. Said our piece about it many times. Uh, again, that doesn't mean it was mostly peaceful. I'm not going to say that's BLM talk right there. It doesn't matter how quote-unquote peaceful it was there was enough that people were breaking into the capital smashing windows things like that that's enough but again the question to be asked where was security right 
One thing I will say, though, is if you're going to call January 6th a riot, then you have to call the BLM riots 2020, or excuse me, January 6th an insurrection. You have to call the BLM riots an insurrection as well, okay? They'll say, oh, they didn't overthrow the government. Well, I would say burning police stations, maybe not overthrowing the government technically, but the fact that you're burning somebody that helps keep the welfare of the, of the city and community, that would be pretty insurrectiony in my opinion. But anyway, let's focus on these last two issues. Now, I'm not going to say that the Tennessee lawmakers committed an insurrection or the Montana lawmaker. I don't think they did. But again, if you're going to say that those that walk through the Capitol, many of whom just walked through and did nothing else, if you're going to call that an insurrection, certainly you have to call actual House members disrupting House proceedings an insurrection, period. Because you're literally, you're literally overturning, a, you're, you're um, uh, attempting to delay or stop a democratic process, which is passing legislation. Okay, so again... Mainstream media, Democrats, I repeat myself, they, they do this thing where they obviously have a double standard of like whatever helps their case is like a threat to democracy, white supremacy, whatever. But like when it, what, what's something that hurts their case is reframe it and just repackage it in a way that's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's like it's fine, you know. And let's look at an example. This came from uh, – I saw this. It's from uh, Human Events. Now, I'm sure Dr. Shaw will question the veracity of the source, and that's fine. But the, the article – uh, the article will link to it, but it's certainly accurate in terms of what it's saying. Okay, so this is from earlier this week, Monday, uh, May first. Okay, happy birthday to my sister, by the way, twenty-seven years old as of Monday. Hope you're doing well, sis. See you in a couple weeks here to get my suit for the wedding. Uh, but the AP, of course, after January sixth, they 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 changed the word, they changed the definition of the word insurrection. Okay. This is 2021, after January 6th. They said it's an act or instance of revolting against civil authorities or an established government. Okay, that's what they changed after 2021 so that they classified January 6th as insurrection. Okay, whatever. We already disputed that. Then they go into that again. But of course, after the Montana riot and the Tennessee disruption, riot, whatever you want to call it, okay, the AP is now saying that that's not an insurrection, of course. Okay. The AP is now saying, quote, legal experts say the term insurrection has a specific meaning, a violent uprising that targets government authority, they say, end quote. And then, the reach, and then they reach back in the 18th and 19th centuries for a definition, though in 2021, a perfectly contemporary definition would do. So now the AP is resorting back to what they defined it as three centuries ago, which was, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. So they're going back to what they defined as 18th and 19th centuries. Okay, they're saying that the events in the events in Montana, Tennessee, did not qualify an insurrection. Didn't involve violence or any real attempts to dismantle or replace a government. Okay, it's wrong to call them insurrections. Okay, another quote-unquote keen legal mind, UNC law professor Michael Gerhardy, told the AP that quote disrupting things is a far cry from insurrection. It's just a protest, and protesters are not insurrections. Of course, they're not. Just a piece. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Of course, I'm not an insurrectionist. Okay. Now, in 2021, of course, as we said, the AP sang a very different tune, saying that the term protest January 6th was too mild. At the time, they quoted CBS News exec, who said that January 6th was a lot more sinister than it first appeared. Of course, so that enforced this insurrection. Okay. Uh, now, so the new definition is it's a violent uprising that targets government authority, as opposed to 
an act or instance of revolting against civil authorities or an established government, which clearly, again, you might, I don't think it's an insurrection, what they just said, but that's what Tennessee and Montana lawmakers did, revolted against civil authority or an established government, obviously. But of course, because they did it, and that's the previous definition of insurrection, they changed it to be a violent uprising that targets government authority. Of course, of course. So again, and, and this is a pretty short episode. I don't want to say we're, we're light on content this week, but you know we have time to kind of delve into this more. But again, you, you see the double standard, and that, that's what's so ironic to me, and this is really where you see the, just the total nature of politics in America today. You have people like us, on, you know, as opposed to myself or those that would laugh in the face of those that say, like, oh, BLM rioters are racially oppressed, or oh, like, um, uh, January 6th defendants are like, you know, imagine if they were black, whatever you want to say. But then the same people on their side would be like, oh, like BLM writers are so mistreated. Like, uh, like January 6th, if they were black, they'd be shot. They'd be shot and killed, like on the spot, whatever you want to say. So you literally see like two different worlds that people live in. And that's very unfortunate. And, and, and you know, nuance does matter. And obviously I think I'm right in this case is I, I do my homework. But that's the, the infuriating part is like as, as annoyed as I get at, at those on the other side who act like, you know, like January 6th defendants are like living the high life now. And again, BLM riders are rotting in prison. Literally like that, that's what they would think. That's so frustrating to me because they're sitting there that they're sitting there thinking like BLM riders riding in prison and January 6th defendants are off easy. Whereas I'm like, no, like January 6th defendants are the ones that are getting no bail and, and, and um, solitary confinement. BLM riders, what BLM rider do you know they got arrested and stayed arrested? I don't know any. $2 billion in damage. So that's what's so frustrating. But the bottom, the, the larger point is, of course, just this, this notion. And Phil and I just talked about this via text late last week. This is what Democrats want. Jacob and I talked about this as well. They, want, they, they, they purposely have a double standard so they can point to it and say, oh, no, see, like, be, look, look at what we said about both events. Like, you're wrong. This is what happened. This is what happened. You're just a conspiracy guy. QAnon adherent. But you're, you're a fringe, fringe right extremist. That's what they want. They, they, they want to mislead you so that you think, hey, these seem like similar events that you're saying are not related at all. What's wrong? And then obviously some people take that too far and seek out, you know, tinfoil type stuff, tinfoil hat type stuff, whatever you want to say, and or turn more and more away from the mainstream news. Mainstream news can say, oh, like they're listening to Tucker Carlson and, 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 uh, and, uh, and Clay Travis. They don't, they don't, they don't listen to, to uh, rational people. And then the cycle continues. So it's all part of the game. But, I mean, it's, that it's, it's just frustrating. But here at Scoops, we have peace of mind. Just keep chugging. As the great Tucker Carlson said last week in his Twitter video, the truth always wins. Calmly, confidently say the truth. Your opponents will back down. And we see that. We see that in the other world. Miss Post and I actually took out a mob. As many of you know, we took out the mob with truth. Isn't that right, Miss Post? Yes. Amen. Amen. Not much more for you here. NBA playoffs. Lakers sadly are winning. Uh, they keep winning. Uh, I was wrong about them. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't watch much NBA this year. I, really, I usually don't in the regular season. Uh, Lakers, I knew were pretty bad. I knew they were good after the trade deadline. I certainly didn't think they'd be this good as a seven seed. But hopefully the Warriors will win. Don't really like the Warriors, but obviously I want the Lakers to win. Hopefully the Nuggets or Suns will beat them both. Um, I'll stick with my Warriors pick. I'll say Warriors in seven. Warriors in seven. Nuggets up 2-0 right now. Let's go Nuggets in seven as well. I think the Suns, KD, they're too good to lose in, in five or six, but that'll be a tough series as well. I think Nuggets will win in seven. Uh, Celtics tied it up tonight against Philly. Well, let's make sure they were up big earlier. Let's see if they're still up. Uh, whoops, I already got rid of that ESPN app. Celtics lost game one at home. That's tough. Boston's been struggling down the stretch. They're at 33 now, so they won. 
three of the guys on around the horn picked Philly, so I'd love to see them being wrong. I'll say Boston in six. I don't think Philly's really that good. I think Boston will win. Heat Knicks, that's a great series. Heat, the eight seed, beat the Bucks in five games. Huge upset. Jimmy Butler, I love that guy, man. Plays hard. Really no ego, just wants to win. Average 98 points over games four and five in the Milwaukee series. Unreal. They're tied 1-1 right now. I think the Heat win that series in six. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Not sure how much more scoops is left, though. A uh, couple more episodes, before, maybe one more full, before school's out. NFL schedule comes out next week as well. That'll be sick. That's kind of my Super Bowl right there. Schedule comes out. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to see on Sunday night? Who is Dr. Shaw going to see on the few Monday night games on ABC? He'll probably be out canoeing or something like that's, that, though. That's how he figures out when he's going to take his trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll miss the games he can actually watch. It's this post, good burn. It's a schedule of activities. Great burn, this post, as always. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I'm going Lakers, Warriors in seven, Nuggets in seven, Heat in six, Celtics in six. And I'll pick the Eastern Conference Finals, West Finals. We'll come back on the air before then or shortly after the, shortly after they start. Uh, fun fact, though, NHL, so the Boston Bruins, for you hockey fans out there, they won 65 games, which was a record. Lost 12 in regulation, 5 in overtime, so 65, 12, and 5. They are up 3-1 in the playoffs, blew a 3-1 lead. NHL playoffs are weird. That happens a lot, I feel like, but that's shocking. 65 wins, you blow a 3-1 lead, lose two games at home. That's wild. Tough. Tough indeed. And I'll say this about the NBA. Like I said, I mean, I, it can be dangerous to have too much parity in the NBA because it divides the regular season from the other side of, like, you know, teams don't take it seriously and don't win as opposed to, you know, winning enough but not taking it seriously, winning, like, 55 games. Now you got teams like the Lakers winning 43, Heat winning 42 in the conference semifinals. But the parity is good in terms of unexpected nature. These has been great playoffs. It's very wide open. You know, I, I do like seeing that. You know, NBA also has gone less woke in terms of blatantly beating over your head with it, like they did in the bubble, so that's good. Um, but anyway, much to hate on the NBA, which is justified, which is justified. It's been a good product in these playoffs. i got to give them that, and it's basketball too. You know, I certainly miss March Madness and college ball and NFL, but, you know, we got to suffice till June with uh, with the NBA for sure. Um, not much more to talk about tonight. Like I said, the Biden and the, and the debt, I mean, Democrats, typical Democrat hubris, you know, slumming their nose at, at, a, uh, at compromise, slumming their nose at doing their elected duty. Um, Republicans have the advantage, though. Democrats are playing their hand, I think. They will compromise. They always do. But uh, Democrats' proposals are not very politically popular. Most people support able-bodied adults working. Most people support getting the debt under control. Most people support reverting spending back to pre-COVID levels. Republicans have a plan. Democrats are banking on Republicans having too much infight and have a plan. They got a plan out there. Biden said, I'm not going to negotiate. Well, how are they going to blame you who didn't negotiate instead of Republicans who did if and when the standoff happens and the debt ceiling it, uh, passes and there's no deal? We'll see. Like Dr. Schultz, there'll be a deal passed. It probably won't be great on either side. But Republicans have called their bluff. Well done, McCarthy. Dr. Schultz, hope, hope you give him credit for doing that. That was very well done. Uh, Miss Pose, any final thoughts here, though? I'm sorry, I don't. What are your weekend plans? Mm. Stay away from graduation traffic. Why is that? Because we live in a college town. You don't want to see all the cats celebrating the greatest day of their life? I don't want to be stuck in their traffic. Oh, come on, I ain't going anywhere. Miss Pose, do you like any traffic? That's a no, I take it? Yes. Yes, you do. Yes or no? Yes, that's a no. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, anyway, send us your thoughts again. Insurrection. I, I love talk. I talk about that all day. I debated my dad last year and my grandma for about an hour on Fourth of July. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, I can debate insurrection talk all day. 
Um, but Dr. Shaw, again, and Dr. Shaw agrees, I think, for the most part. He certainly thinks it's been too politicized and that the committee uh, the committee made it a show. Now, and Dr. Shaw's right, though. The Senate, McConnell denied a bipartisan, bicameral committee. That's fair. He did do that. But either way, the House committee was still a joke. Um, anyway, though, if you're going to call BLM, or excuse me, gender system insurrection, BLM riots certainly were. Tennessee certainly was. Montana certainly was. I don't think any of them were by definition. Again, armed uprising, overthrow the government and establish your own and put down militarily by the government. None of that happened at any point in time, especially January 6th. Again, I'll say this again, Dr. Shaw. No weapons, few weapons, if any, really none. Okay. No attempt to overthrow the government. No attempt to install their own. Wasn't put down uh, militarily. And again, all this begs to ask, if that was an insurrection, then why was there not more security and why does no one want to find out about it? Even if you say all this stuff is true and, and, and it is, you know, it's a horrible thing, then why would we not find out what happens so we can avoid it next time? But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I can talk about that all day. So debate me all day on it. I love it. I love it. Shout out to Phil. Shout out to Steve. Uh, shout out to Andrew, Dr. Shaw. All our listeners, Brian, I didn't read the article you sent me yet, Brian, I look forward to it. Brian sent me a link about uh, how allegedly, like, not eating meat is bad for you, like, vegan vegans, uh, zealotry is bad for you. Excited to read that as well. Um, but have a great weekend. Mother's Day is next Sunday, the 14th. Don't forget, send your mom a card. Mine will probably lay it as always, but at least I know the day is the 14th. Ms. Posen, any thoughts on that? Um, no. Under 30 minutes, there you go. Enjoy the playoffs. Go Warriors. Don't really like them, but again, go Warriors. Go Nuggets, I guess. I mean, whoever can beat the Lakers, I'm rooting for, but Nuggets, I do like them. Celtics, too. And uh, go watch Air. 100% go watch Air. Yes. If you take notes from this podcast, mm-hmm. if you take notes from this podcast, go watch Air. Watch it. Again, a lot of cursing, but cover your ears. That's go, fine. Go on a matinee. Amen, indeed. Just All right. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye.